All right, guys, welcome to Dunes Cantina. We're going to enjoy a few brews um, here at the nightclub. Uh, if anyone out there is a fan of Pixie, Pixies, Fixies Playground, you need to go check that shit out because this episode's bleeding off of a previous one where we discuss Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, a side tangent into the Star Wars franchise, and another tangent into the Harry Potter franchise. We covered a lot of ground over there. So that's kind of like, it's like, it's Fixie's Playground, but it's the Dunes Cantina prep. Not prep, but like kind of like, what do you call that, pregame? Pregaming? Yeah, for the, yeah for, well, for, it's, it's where you just stick your pinky in a little bit just to make it a little <laughs> bit bigger. And then you move the, to your ring finger, and then, you know. The fluffer. It, yeah, yeah, the fluffer. Uh, everyone needs to be a fluffer. Uh, tonight at Dunes Cantina is me, T-Boo, and we've got Trevor Jordan Blanchard. The host of Fixie's Playground, co-host uh, Simon's not here, unfortunately, but we'll make do because we also have Big Rickles, Mighty. It's a fucking ten. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bro. say the Mighty Boss Tuna, but uh, I guess it's Rickles in disguise. But no, uh, Boss Tuna from Joe Blow Horror Show has has chimed in, and he's on his his pulch. He's having himself a cigar. Having, having a good old time. I'm drinking a blue moon, by the way. What are y'all having tonight? The tried and true red strawberry ale. Um, I, I'm kind of that, that. That's a loaded question, and and I could just give you a quick, easy answer, but I'm proud to say I've I've been hitting the gym. I've been working out again, so I am not buying beer anymore. I'm switching to the bourbon because it's a lot more healthy. Oh wow. But, this is a holiday weekend i'm clearing out my fridge so i'm just i've got a cornucopia of beers i'm drinking so nice yep. hey you you and i are on the same page boss tuna i um i have been working out for the past two weeks tomorrow will be my nice. third my third monday in a row of doing nice. uh six six days i work out six days a week about anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half per day in the morning nice uh, Monday through Friday, I do a mostly strict diet of two eggs, two pieces of turkey bacon, and a wrap for breakfast, uh, a salad with chicken for lunch, and then usually just meat with like maybe a little bit of fruit on the side for dinner. No soda, no energy drinks, no sugar. Um, it's It's been hard, bro, but I lost 10 pounds so far, so... I'm on the right track and uh, I'm starting to feel Dude, a little bit cutting stronger. Cutting that sugar out is going to make a huge, huge difference for you. Oh, yeah. I, well, sugar, sugar is like the worst thing you can have. I figured it, it out. Just just cutting out energy drinks and soda, I'm probably cutting out almost 1,000 calories a day. Just off of that. Yeah. Just off of not drinking bullshit. Yeah. I can't accomplish any of that. Fuck my life. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but you were about you were about to tell us about your haunted New Orleans adventure. Oh fuck, we're fixies. getting into it, huh? Yeah, I want to hear yeah. about this haunted. Oh, shit. No, I was so excited, but I was like, man, I gotta wait. I gotta wait to tell them. We have to record this shit. All right, so props to the wife. Uh, it's our ten year anniversary. It was Thursday, ten nice. years of ten years Congrats. of marriage, and uh, the week before that, it was fourteen years total of being together. So we planned a little um, trip to the New Orleans. Drove down there, got a hotel. Uh, first night, we went down Bourbon Street, and I was uh, it was fun. You know, it, it, Bourbon Street's kind of on the weekends, kind of like a, a miniature Mardi Gras. It's not as chaotic. There's not as many people, but it's a fucking party. There's people walking around with fucking wagons full of weed shit, like edibles and joints <laughs> and all this other stuff. Um, there's a voodoo shop down there marie laveau's fucking voodoo shop i think or some shit where they got voodoo dolls and fucking occult shit and herbs and it's very cool i i almost broke down and bought all of y'all like a fucking voodoo doll but i was drunk wait did you say a goo goo doll or a voodoo doll doll. oh okay but i was like man i have to get them down here which travis ain't that much of a problem but like i was like nah I'm going to wait until these fuckers come with us, like come meet us down in Louisiana. We're going to go to New Orleans one day and do some shit. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That has definitely been the plan. Like yeah. when I first talked to Boston about coming down here. That leads up to the only thing my wife and I really had planned, like guaranteed plan no matter what, was a haunted tour. New Orleans haunted tours. 
So my wife picked it out. It was an eight o'clock haunted tour. So we we're like, all right, cool. It's going to get dark, you know, because like, I don't want to be the fucking haunted tour at noon. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want fucking the, the ambiance. You know what I'm saying? I want the sun to go down. It's a haunted tour where you literally walk the streets of New Orleans. You stop at certain locations and your tour guide gives is you. New Orleans, is that meant as being like, like a haunted area in yes. general? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll, I will explain a little bit of that, but I don't want to go into too detail because one, I'll butcher the fuck out of it. And two, okay. I really want people to go to the haunted tours because like, they're going to give you the history, right? So my wife's playing that. And so with the tours, you can choose an adult tour. So it's adults only, which means nice. way more graphic detail. You get profanity. You get all the nice, juicy shit, you know? Um, so we went on this tour, and our tour guy is amazing. Like, this fucking guy. This is the one it. you're telling us about, right? This is the one I'm telling you about. Like, Shout out to the Discord. Look, I, sent, I sent him an invite to the fucking Discord. Um, I sent him links to all three of our podcasts, uh, Fixie's Playground, Fucking Joe Blow Horror Show, fucking nightclub, like he's got them all. Dude's busy. I'm hoping he. I don't think he's gonna flake on me because he was like stupid excited about coming to a podcast episode. Uh, but the cool thing is, is this guy fucking knows his horror history at least for Louisiana. Like he he goes off on tangents about cool fucking stories that you just want to expect to know. You know, even of just a random tour guy, like who's friends with a fucking voodoo priestess, like a legit voodoo priestess. Damn. Um, and he talks about like voodoo and shit like that too. So we went on this tour, and I mean, I'm fucking, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So we start off like a little bit down the road from fucking Bourbon Street, and we start walking, and we go to New Orleans Square, which is like the like the literal or original square, like when the fucking French went out into the fucking swamplands. They found this one piece of ground that wasn't fucking wet and muddy. And like, all right, this is where we're going to start building shit. And they built a church. And there's a church now where the old church used to be. Obviously, anybody who's kind of familiar with New Orleans history knows that, like, 75% of the city burned down at one point because of the fucking church. Yep, yep. Because it was Good Friday. You know that. Yeah, it was Good Friday, and the priest didn't want to interrupt anybody or some shit like that, so they didn't tell anyone, and then they also fucking covered all the bells on the church with sackcloth, so if you tried to ring them, it wouldn't make any noise, and anybody who's kind of familiar with the Louisiana area and all this other shit, um, in our swamplands, we have what we call cypress trees, right? And these are big, beautiful trees that grow in water. And if you dry them out, they are perfect for fires. And back in the day, they used to use cypress wood, and then they would use kind of like a paper mache as insulation and fucking um, horsehair. So you can imagine how easily New Orleans burned the fuck down <laughs> because of <laughs> just the building materials they were using, right? Like it didn't take a whole lot. Without going into too much detail and, and butchering some of the fucking history, um, what happened was is Napoleon was a little bitch and not as good at war as he thought he was. So he sold Louisiana. If, you, if you've ever heard of the Louisiana Purchase, right? Um, I'm not talking about that, but the Louisiana Purchase gets you a good idea of the land we're talking about, right? And they sold it to the Spanish. So the Spanish come in on their fucking boat after traveling six months one way via ship to New Orleans. Uh, anybody who's interested in New Orleans was established in 1718. I do remember that specifically. So 1718, New Orleans is a fucking French colony, right? And they sell it to the Spanish. So the Spanish come in and they're like, hey, you know, this is our fucking shit right now. So the French are like, nah, fuck you. We're French. This is a French area. Go back to your king and tell him to uh -huh. show up his ass, right? Go fuck yeah. yourself. Uh-huh. Wee wee, French bread, motherfucker. And um, yeah, and and told him, um, told him, hey, you can shove it up your fucking ass to the to their king. So this guy who's responsible for telling these people this, on threat of death, get like pushed out. Like basically, they're like, if you don't fucking leave, we're gonna kill you. So he leaves. He 
takes another six month voyage to fucking back to Spain and tells the king and the king's like, oh no, fuck that. So the king sends an armada full of fucking warships and soldiers and all this shit and they essentially take over, right? Fuck everything up. Well, what ends up happening is, is once they take over, they invite like the top 20 or 30 um, rich, fr- richest French merchants and shit like that from the area to a dinner party. Well, the Spanish ambassador hires a 14-year-old, which at that time was technically a man, I guess you could say. Um, I forget his name. I'm sorry, y'all. But you can look it up if you really want. Or you can go to the fucking New Orleans ghost tours and find out what you should do. Um, but yeah. So they hire this 14-year-old cat who I think used to be French, but then took on like a Spanish name. And they called him Don something. And they're like, hey, we're going to pay you a shit ton of money to kill all these rich fucking French bitches, right? So he hangs them all, right? Like, has some soldiers and stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he did it by himself, but he hangs them all, and they pay him, not even joking, they paid him two pints a month in bourbon and $40 and $40 a year plus free room and board. So, pretty good deal, right? So this 14-year-old fucker goes out and he kills all these these French aristocrats. For the next 28 years, he would go on to execute over 400 people by hanging to keep them in line. Damn. Like he he would execute uh, Yeah, he would execute like one person a week and he would do it after Sunday mass in the evening. So like you go to church Sunday Sunday mass in the evening, he find a motherfucker and then hang him for whatever reason. But the real fucked up kicker was is he would not give them funerary rites. He would desecrate the bodies, and then he wouldn't allow their families to give them their burial rites. This sounds um, like it'd be a great fucking movie. It would. Um, also, which I found this out later, and I was like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of cool, depending on what you believe, obviously. But um, there is the belief that spirits cannot go into the afterlife if they're surrounded by water. And if you know about New Orleans, especially where the town square is, they're surrounded by fucking water. So these spirits that whose bodies were des- not, you know, were like desecrated instead of consecrated, they were desecrated and then they were not allowed to leave because they were surrounded by water. And the tour guy said it, maybe, it, you know, whatever you believe, maybe it's bullshit or whatever, but New Orleans is the most haunted place in America. Because the souls of all these people are still there. But I want to talk about Jordan because that story was fucking badass. Jordan. So the tour continues, and we see some other famous uh, hauntings in the area. We, we find one where there's a restaurant where the devil seduced a pretty young Irish lass who ended up cheating on him. So he flayed them both alive and then ate them and sent them to the bowels of hell through his stomach. <laughs> Yeah. That's uh, what's up, bitch. That's what's up. So uh, that was pretty cool. I, I don't want to go to too de- many details. Like I said, you need to go on the, the, the fucking tour. But the Jordan was awesome. So Jordan was a rich French guy who had a best friend who was also rich. And um, this Jordan, I forget his family's last name, but they owned like <laughs> – half of fucking New Orleans, right? Like, he was a very rich, powerful man. So they go to Europe, to France, and they discover poker and roulette. Like, this is when it's starting to become a fad overseas. So they bring poker and roulette to New Orleans, and they are the main reason that poker and roulette spread throughout America. Like, this is true history. He brings this to New Orleans. He sets up a gambling den at one of his properties, right? And him and his buddy go on a three-day gambling bender where they just fucking drinking and probably doing drugs and messing with women. And he goes on to lose everything. Like, doesn't own the gambling den, doesn't even own the furniture in his house. He, he bet everything and lost it. God damn. So instead of signing the papers to the debtors and giving it all away, he goes upstairs and this is his own house. Like, this is his house in New Orleans. Goes upstairs, and they say the guests, like, this is his party. And, like, the guests hear a bunch of banging and shit. Next thing they know, he fucking hangs himself from the balcony. And it's like, wow, you hung yourself at your own fucking party. 
And I guess maybe he thought, like, if he didn't sign all the paperwork and shit, maybe he would help his family out. Well, no, his his family ended up being, becoming poor and on the streets with nothing. And his best friend had to go to de- de- debtor's prison because of his bets. So he couldn't even take care of them. So after all this happens, years go by and other people buy this place, right? And in 2000, I know this is a lot later on, but like in 2006, someone buys it renovates it and turns it into a restaurant well they turn it into a restaurant people start eating there but at night but glass, yeah like well <laughs> probably probably butt stuff or at least it makes your your butt feel tingly because it's scary as shit right um glasses just get randomly thrown from the cabinet where they are yeah. onto the floor and they break plates start getting thrown and get randomly thrown to the floor and they break and if you understand the restaurant industry, if you ever worked in the restaurant industry, they don't have very large margins for error, right? Like they, they work on low margins. So if you're breaking a ton of fucking dishes every month, like that could affect your margins and close you down. So the restaurants don't know what the fuck to do, right? Like what, like what's going on? Like how, why, why is this shit happening? Um, so obviously they do what all New Orleans would do, and they hire a fucking psychic, right? And so they hire this they hire this psychic. She comes in, and she goes upstairs, and she begins to go into a comatose slash... This is still in like 2006-ish, right? This is like yeah. fairly recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn. So, she, so right. she, goes, she goes into this comatose slash like convulsive fit for like an hour and a half. Damn. She comes out of it, and they're like, what the fuck? And she's like, so I got into contact with this dude who I call Jordan. Jordan. And he's he's pissed off at everybody because he goes to the entrance of this restaurant and greets everybody, and no one tells him hi back. And it's funny because from what she said was, is, you know, back in the day, it was proper as the owner of an establishment for them to greet you as they come into the door, right? It was not only etiquette, but it was like an honor. So he was pissed off because all these people were up in his house, but they wouldn't return his greeting. And then also that he would walk among the patrons of of the establishment and try to talk to them, and nobody would acknowledge him. So he would get angry and throw plates and dishes and glasses and all this other shit, right? He's he's the Kylo Ren of New Orleans. He's the Kylo Ren of New Orleans. Is that a Star Trek reference? That is a a Star Wars reference. Um, This restaurant was like, oh, okay, well, fuck, we're going to do something about this. So this restaurant, as we speak today, has a specific table set aside for Jordan where every night they put the plates and the glasses and the cutlery and they fix a serving of whatever the special is that night for Jordan. And before they open the doors, all of the staff in the restaurant go and they take a bow and they say, thank you for letting us in your home. Damn. That's so fucking I, powerful dude, Jordan. I, I got to see the table and they also said for an extra like 20 bucks, you can go and sit with Jordan and eat with him. Dude, an extra 20 bucks, they should make that an extra like $2,000. I would pay I would pay $100 to go fucking eat with Jordan. Bro. Dude, I know. That's what I'm saying. They're lowballing it. So, and then, dining with Jordan tonight. Obviously, if you've been listening to the story, after they did all this, no more Good glasses, to go. No more glasses broken. Dude, no more plates broken. Um, I just thought it was really <laughs> cool. Kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, it does make you wonder. And look, like anybody who knows me knows, I'm definitely spiritual to an extent. Not heavy religious as far as religion is concerned, but I definitely believe in an afterlife. I definitely believe in ghosts and shit. So this kind of thing just fucking right up my alley, you know. I've never had like a real haunted experience i've had i've had like some minor ones mm-hmm. but not enough for, for for me to like be sold on the whole ghost thing i would love to think that that's true well i don't know if i'd love to think that ghosts exist that's kind of fucked up right mm-hmm. that you're still lingering here your soul is still trapped in between the realms that would be f- that's 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 
that's scary, dude. Like you can't you can't escape and you're confused mm. and you're stuck in your like Jordan. Jordan is stuck. Yep. Yes, he's he just is. stuck here. Yep. God he doesn't even know. Like it sounds mm-hmm. like he doesn't even know he's a fucking ghost. That's the creepy part. That's yep. the creepy part. Mm-hmm. He's he's confused and he, he he can't go to heaven. God don't want him. Mm-hmm. Satan don't want him. So he's stuck here just dealing with us until what yep. the sun explodes and then he's just floating in space as a ghost. Yep. Yep, but he's being a gracious host. So (laughs) while we're on this whole haunted story thing, I've got a story for you guys. Let's do it. Northern Minnesota, I was born and raised. And my uncle, you know, my parents divorced when I was, I don't know, two years old. And growing up, my uncle was kind of my dad. He he's the one that taught me how to you know hunt and all the outdoor stuff. Anyone that's listened to Joe Blow knows all my fishing, hunting, whatever trips. So my uncle uncle was a dude. He was he was younger and he had kids later in in life. So I mean I was I was you know partnering out of high school when he had his kids. So uh-huh. anyways, I remember growing up and he you know met his wife and I remember being a little I was little little. And they got this house, and it was on the outskirts of Virginia. So it's, it's, I mean, there's no real cool stories about Virginia and northern Minnesota, this and that haunting and stuff. But my uncle is a very down to earth kind of guy. He's not superstitious. He's not religious at all. He's like anyone that knows anything about the Iron Range or northern Minnesota. It's, it's the, it's, it's the epitome of blue collar. It's, you know what? You, you put your boots on in the morning. You go to work. You work in the mines, and you come home. It's mm-hmm. Super, super hard workers up there, you know, down to earth, no fluff. Anyways, they had this house and I remember, I remember the house. It's weird. I was really young. I was probably, I would have to say I was probably like eight years old, maybe. But I remember the house is no longer there. It's been torn down and demolished and that will come into the score story later. But it's weird because even though I was super young, I remember every bit of the house I, I i could draw you a picture of of where everything is and you know later on i you know i was like whatever happened to you know brent uncle brent i was like whatever happened to uncle brent's house we're like oh they bought a new house and they moved out and this and that and whatever later on in life my uncle still comes on all my trips if you listen to the newest or maybe a couple of the previous joe blows you'll hear my fishing trip and uncle Brent is, you know, he's older now, but he always comes on these trips with us and we've become, you know, to the point now where we're, you know, he, he, we're, we're really open as far as that goes. He's doesn't really hold anything back. And I remember the conversation we had probably 15 years ago and he told me the whole story of that house. So him and his wife at the time, they moved in when they were seeing each other, they got married. They were only in this house for about two years and he was like, I've always known something was off in this house. He's like, just, you know, we'd hear shit and just, just stuff wasn't right. And he, he, he told me, he's like, I remember the last, the last, the, the he called it the last straw and he's, he's former military too. And I got to actually, I got to tell you that other story with his buddy that was there. But anyways, he kept hearing stuff about when he would have friends and family over and they had, it was a small house. It was, I think it was like two bedrooms and the upstairs was kind of like a loft and you walk up the steps and that's all it was. It was, if anyone knows it was a Cape Cod style. So you'd walk up and it was almost like, um, I don't know. You'd have to look up Cape, Cape Cod style house or roof or attic or whatever. But the whole upstairs was just one open room. It was almost like a studio and he was in the military. And, and he remember, I remember the first time this is him telling it to me. I remember the first time that I knew, something was up and his buddy came from Texas. I've met him a handful of times in the military, best friend came to visit and, you know, they liked their, their beers, Heineken to be exact. And they had a handful of Heineken. And, you know, the first night his buddy is like, Oh, I didn't sleep good. I was having weird nightmares and weird dreams and this or that. And uh, the second night, his roommate went up there and he said, you know, I went to, you know, lay on the bed and the blankets were gone. He's like, oh, I, you know, might have had a handful of many, whatever. Didn't know where the blankets were at. So he laid on the bed, no blankets, no pillows. He's like, I was ready to pass out. And he said he woke up in the middle of the night and he was like, I felt like I was having a nightmare and I was jarred out of my sleep. And he said it felt like a big gurk. And then he like got up and he was going to go downstairs. The bed, he said, had moved. 
like five feet and was at the foot of the steps. Oh, and he's oh, like, that's fucking shit. weird. So he's like, I went downstairs because uh, there's only one bathroom. He's like, I took a piss. And this is him telling us the story years later uh, on a camping trip. He goes, I go back upstairs and the bed was in the exact same spot. He's like, I laid back down, no pillow, no blankets. He's like, I was fucking hammed up, whatever. Tried passing back out. He's like, I was at that weird, you know, cusp where you're like, you know, you pass out and then you kind of wake back up and you're ready to fall back asleep. And he goes, next thing I know, he's like, I'm tumbling down the steps and the fucking bed is falling on top of me. He was like, I got in my truck. I was hammered. He's like, I drove like three blocks away and fell asleep in my truck. And, you know, this is before cell phones and all this. And, you know, he goes back the next morning and he tells my uncle what happened. And they're like, oh, you were just drunk and whatever. It stumbled out of the steps. He's, he, you know, he, he was up from Texas. He's supposed to stay with them for like a week. He's like, yeah, I'll just get a hotel. And he was like, I knew something was up. He's like, something was going on. He's like, there's no way that, you know, that bed would tumble down the steps like that. Well, okay, so that was that was one story with my uncle's buddy from the military. And my uncle, he called, and there was a whole bunch of other stories, and we haven't had this conversation in forever, and I don't really remember all of them. But I remember my uncle's story is called The Last Straw. Is where that's what he's like oh he always he always will tell it to my buddies and stuff when we're hammed up on our camping trips but my uncle was sitting there and he's like oh we'd notice things he's like he's like nothing outwardly like scary happened to me but he'd be like you know you know shit would be moved and stuff would just be not where it's at and it, this was just him and his wife or i think it was before they're married but he's like i remember we were laying in bed one night he's like you know stone sober laid in bed he's like i woke up in the middle of the night and the blankets were off the bed and he was like what the fuck and he couldn't find the blankets so he went out and he's like i grabbed the blanket off the couch and he's like i put it on he's like i fell back asleep and he's like the blankets were at our feet and he said he opened up his eyes and you know when you wake up out of a dead sleep you're kind of disoriented and he was like what the fuck is going on and you know typical women he was blaming blaming his his wife is like hogging all the blankets and he couldn't find it you know whatever near the blanket was laying down at the end of his feet and he said i remember i sat up in bed and he's like it took me a second he's like i thought i saw he's like it was just you know at first he's like i thought it was a shadow and he said he went to grab onto the blanket and he pulled the blanket up and he was like the blanket wouldn't move and he was like i was fucking pulling and pulling and he's like this blanket wouldn't fucking move and he was like to the point where he could hear it like stitches and shit ripping and then all of a sudden he said the quote-unquote shadow he thought he saw was gone and the blanket was fucking gone and he was like two weeks after that we were staying with you know this is him say talking two weeks after that we're staying with my grandpa or it was his dad my grandpa and uh we moved out and he's like we stayed at a shitty apartment and you know but there was a whole bunch of other shit he was like we were in denial at the whole time as far as what was going on but uh that house is he's like yep we sold the house you know whatever and uh that house got torn down like maybe five or seven years after that and they have no idea why and the house wasn't even like an older house and it wasn't like there was anything wrong with it i almost think he's like still kind of in denial about the whole thing because he's like that kind of person where he doesn't you know believe or talk about that kind of stuff but it was to the point where he was like yep I'm done. I'm not staying here anymore. Fuck those shadow people. They were out there fucking snatching up blankets and shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Awesome beds around. I'm like, where the fuck are the blankets yep. at? Did they ever yeah. find the blankets? No. No, they never fucking <laughs> did. No. So it went to the shadow realm. I don't even know, dude, but it's it's funny. And, and I'm like, you know, we ask him, I'm like, have you ever had any other experience? He's like, fuck no. He's like, nope, never. I bet he has. And, then. And, I don't know. I mean, I was like, part of me wanted to be like, God, I mean, this was, this was in the, probably the early nineties. And part of me was like, God, I wish, you know, there was like Google or some shit back then. And you could like do some research as far as like, what the fuck happened in this house? But I know the story sounds kind of crazy, but if you guys knew my uncle, it'd be, you know, that that's really what kind of gets me like, God, that's some fucking weird shit, dude. That sounds like a haunted house right there. Yeah, I never had I never had anything that intense at all. I thought I saw like a little person running around in my kitchen when I was young, and um, yeah, I don't know. Are you the, sure it wasn't your shadow? No, <laughs> all three foot eight of it. No, <laughs> I was I was chilling in bed, man, and I thought I saw like a little person running around in my kitchen 
from my bed, like, and I could see through the kitchen table legs. And I, I thought I saw like a figure running around. It could have been my sister for all I know. But, but what's fucked up is my cousin came over a few weeks later for a sleepover. And I, I hadn't told him about this. I hadn't told anybody about this except my parents. No, actually, I didn't tell them either because I thought that they would just tell me to go to bed, but I was scared. But I knew that they'd just be like, go to bed. So I didn't bother them. Um, my cousin comes over and we're having fun, whatever, fall asleep. And in the morning, I see there's a glass on my nightstand and it's got a little rim at the bottom that I could tell, oh, he had some chocolate milk. You could tell it's chocolate milk. So I was like, dude, you woke up in the middle of the night and went fixed a glass of chocolate milk? And he's like, no, the little man at the end of your bed brought it to me. And Ooh. I was like, what the uh. fuck? The fuck are you talking about, man? I you saw know. a little man. And then I told him the, the story of the kitchen, you know, seeing the little f- figure running around. I'm like, that's fucked up, dude. Like, I don't know what to make of that even to this day, heads or tails. My experiences were somewhat tame. I guess it just depends on, I guess, your outlook of it. Uh, it could be as innocuous as um, I was at my grandparents' house one night, and it's it's fucking late as shit. And like me and my cousins were young, and we were just talking. And like back in the gap, after a certain amount of time, um, the old TV with the antenna used to go to just the black and white static noise, right? Uh-huh. Like it's that late at night, right? There's just nothing on. It's just static noise. And my grandparents had this old rocking chair. And this rocking chair, which was fucking dead still the entire night, just starts fucking rocking. Like just like with force. Not just like a breeze hit it or some shit. Just starts fucking rocking back and forth. Rocking back and forth. And I'm just like, oh shit. Fuck that chair. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh <laughs> yeah, no. That chair. I, like, That's I don't not- I don't have any personal hundred whatever and and supernatural Possession, etc., are not my favorite film genres, but those are, in my opinion, by far the scariest because they're the ones that could happen, and they're the ones that you can't fucking do anything. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a fucking black belt in jujitsu or whatever. You're they just don't matter. It just don't fucking matter. So it that, don't matter. It, it don't matter. You could have a win, you could have a wind guard against your microphone, and it wouldn't matter. Like, so my Ooh. wife will not Sorry, watch. Bro. My wife will not watch haunting stories or possession yeah. stories. Will not. Uh, as for me, I know it, it might be funny or whatever, but um, I definitely say a prayer of protection before I watch scary movies. I also don't fuck with Ouija boards anymore. Dude, um, I, anymore? I, you never so find me dead fucking with a Ouija board. When I was in high school and dating this certain chick and we went visit her cousin or some shit and her cousin was a little bit younger and her cousin kept like talking about how she was fucking had this fucking demon following her around that would fuck with her all the time and like and like she was like losing sleep she was fucking starting to lose her shit because she didn't know what to do and so we're like obviously we're, we're stupid teenagers so we get this Ouija board and we start trying to communicate and like, look, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with Ouija boards, but the motherfuckers just move your arm. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's some, maybe there's some subconscious level to it. I don't know. What I will say is, is like I wasn't moving my fucking arm. You know, and I don't think the people I was with were moving their arms either. You know, I, I believe in God and, and all this other shit. So I'm having like this battle of wills with this fucking evil piece of shit through this Ouija board. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck. Like, I believe in God and he's my savior and all this other stuff. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck your evil shit. Which I didn't say that specifically, but that's basically where I was at. I was like, I'm not succumbing to this bullshit. And Colin left it at that. And Honestly, I don't know what happened to her specifically, but after that, I was like, I'm never fucking with this again. And like, believe what you want to believe. Like, I think if you're going to open yourself up to things, things are going to fucking come. That's yeah. fucked up because here on the nightclub, we're all about that. It's funny how that works because I love the nightclub and I love all the other shit, but there I mean, are s- some lines that I don't cross or there are lines that I cross, but with protection. We've actually so, never had a, a real, like we've, we've faked the seance on the show. I mean, it's obvious when you listen to the episode, <laughs> we're talking yeah. to Angus Scrim. 
Um, so we've never actually fucked with a Ouija board, but uh, I think I know who you're talking about because we've told a story um, on the show. Uh, but there were two other chicks there, and they don't talk about it anymore. They don't yeah. talk about what happened. Yep. Um, so it's, I guess for them, it's real as fuck. And I, I, I can't dispute that. I don't have their experience. I don't have their perspective, you know? Even fucking, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you want to delve into that, but fucking you're... Uh, I don't, I don't want to delve into it. Yeah. I'll just say Mr. Bojangles. You know who I'm talking about? Not Mr. Bojangles. Not, no. Uh, no, fucking 2 chains. my bad. 2 chains. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about a rapper. Uh, no. Boss Tuna. No, you're talking about Ben. You're talking about Two Chains. Yep. He's he's all the same guy. Yep. He haunts certain members of my quote unquote family. So yeah. you know, who knows who he is? Uh, I don't know. I can't. Again, I don't have that perspective. I cannot speak on it a hundred percent. I I can be skeptical all day, but where does that get me? Nowhere. I'm just still sitting there saying no. But I but I but I didn't have that that shit happened to me. I don't, I don't see things in the corners of rooms. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have nightmares about sounds and images involving this person y'all spoke to. Yeah. The fact, the fact that you y'all know, shared that experience is fucked up. I could, I could watch any movie there is on the planet right now and go to bed just fine. But I can tell you right now, after this conversation, this is going to be one of those where I will, this, this will be in my brain as I'm trying to fall asleep tonight. I know I, I was just gonna say well fuck that guy but I'm not going to I just want to make it clear if you're listening ghost I'm not saying that but I want to but I'm afraid because <laughs> yep everybody afraid of the ghost could I want to talk real quick about something I'm not gonna like spoil it or go into it but ha- have all three of us seen the Northman yes sir yeah, I have yep okay so I won't go into heavy like everything but my god my God! Yeah, you just saw, and you're, you, yeah, you're, you've, you've got blue balls. You need, you need a release. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to like this movie as much as I do. Honestly, I yeah. thought, I thought that going into it, I'm saying for me, like going into it, I thought this is going to be not even horror esque. Maybe a few little glimmers here and there, and that I would be like, all right, Eggers made a big budget action film, cool. But no, 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 wrong. Mm-hmm. It, this this might be his masterpiece movie. Uh, oh, this, this, this 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 movie is fucking amazing. The brutality. Like it better than the witch. I said it might be his masterpiece. Fuck you. God bless it. The, the, I'm, the, I'm not the, saying that. I'm, I'm saying that. Like, I, I yes, I respect that. The, the brutality, the witchery, the horror elements are throughout. They're throughout. It, the mm-hmm. movie doesn't escape them. They're it's all so over the place. Yep. And and it it's probably the best werewolf movie of the year so far. Just going to say. Werewolf. Yeah. Oh, I saw things in this film that no one else is going to see mm, yet. And then I'll I come see. back. I see I'll what come you're back saying. later and I'll talk about this werewolf shit. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about this in, what, February? Yeah. Yeah, it'll come. Um, cause I don't know what's, I don't, I don't, I don't know what is going to top this at the moment, man. I'm going to be honest with you. This is my psycho Gorman of 2022. So it can be topped. It can as proven, mm-hmm. but, but right mm-hmm. now this is the top of the heat guys. I'm sorry to say, Boston, but this yeah. is up there. I mean, I'm pretty sure I gave it a fucking 10. So no, yeah, you, you gave it a hundred. I think you said yeah. 89. No, you said 89 of a hundred, I believe. Right. No, no, he get, no, 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 no. He no, he gave he gave Northman a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah, are you serious? Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. This movie had everything I didn't know it was gonna have in it. it like it's cosmic. It's werewolves. Yeah. It's rituals and witches. It's brutal and violent. It's and it's it's so art, dude. You have a cosmic tree of dead kings. What the fuck? Yep. Is this shit that Eggers is just like? Oh, I'm gonna just uh, yeah, all over the screen, just just mm-hmm. come all over me, come all over me, Eggers. Yeah, I definitely yeah, gave it. A, a, give me, def- give me the egg whites. Yeah, I definitely gave it a hundred out of a hundred. So damn, holy yep. fuck. Yep. Yeah, that I I really did in, enjoy. I feel like I need to watch it again because I saw it in the theater, and I'm oh, jealous. Man, it, it's, I'm jealous. Yeah. 
I told I you. Too, I told yeah. I saw it in theater also. So I'll, I'll be buying this for the, the, show. The fucking the show. The he witch scene with the the dead skull, bruh. When that shit happened, I was just I was I was already sold with like when uh, Bjork showed up as the fucking Slavic witch. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, God damn. I did not expect all of this. Like he said, fuck your expectations. And it surprises me that he had to fight and lost and compromised with the studio about how this movie went, because I would say this is an Eggers film through and through to the end. But I found out, I found out after watching it, then I went research the film because I, this, some of these new, like newer ones like this, I don't, I don't research. I didn't know know this part and it pisses me off, but I guarantee he had to just just because he wanted to get a wide release, and, and that's kind of a shame because he. I, I just hope this isn't a trend we continue to see because let's be honest here. I mean, some of what what got him and what put him on the map is the shit he did do by himself with uh-huh. you know the witch and whatnot and and in the I don't lighthouse, see yeah. him. Yeah, in the lighthouse even. Uh, but you know, both of those did have theatrical releases, but I don't want to see him trying to get to the point where he's super mainstream and then having well, he, him, he's, you know, he's, he's basically he, getting fucking neutered by the producers. It sounds like and, and I don't he, even know the details on that, but it kind of pisses me off. He has since, well, he said he's proud of the final film. He said they compromised <laughs> enough to where he's proud to say he's proud of it. So I guess he, I guess he got some in, he got a lot in dude. He got a lot in, like I said, if I wouldn't have known that I'd have thought this was totally his vision. So, yeah. But well, just think, had, though, doesn't that make you kind of frustrated? Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. But, yep. but but he has said in interviews since this came out, he is re-strategizing how he does movies because he does not want to make Marvel movies. He doesn't want to make. Yep. Yep. He's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Nah, he, he he's he's gonna he's gonna dial it back, and I hope he does. Like, don't let him take your shit, man. I don't wonder. I wonder if if he's gonna release like a like a Snyder cut per se you know what i'm saying uh probably not not this ain't you know dc level this ain't that so probably maybe not but maybe maybe there would be a director's cut yeah. where it's i mean get the blu-ray out and just throw i don't know I, i'm I'm just spitballing here but. but after after seeing the movie and i'm saying like i thought it was totally him the whole way because to me nothing felt nothing felt forced nothing felt fu- so i gotta say this it, you know what we were having this this the uh, this same discussion on the episode that this bled from on Fixie's Playground, so go check it out. But I think this might be a good example of when the studio interfered and the movie still turned out fucking amazing. Yeah, I think that happens though a lot more than we than we think. It might, it might. I think I think a lot of times, and I was saying this on Fixie's, it's it's they're trying to hit the biggest audience, and for a film that costs. This movie was like a seventy-something million dollar budget, or ninety million, say, whatever. Yeah. Which ain't yeah. that bad, really. Well, 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 I mean, it's a it, lot it, though for horror. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And it did. It, it did not make its money back to, uh, box office wise. It made sixty something million. Oh shit! But uh, but apparently, when it went to VOD, it's blowing up. It's blowing yeah. the fuck up. So it's making oh, its yeah. money. Yeah. You know the fact that he himself is saying like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, nah." I'm not going to go that route. I hope that there's an audience still there for him to make the kinds of films he wants because th- he had a budget here that allowed him to really fucking explore. And I really hope he gets that sort of same. He might never see this kind of budget again, you know, as a filmmaker. Well, he, here's here's my thoughts just off the top of my head with this new information I got from you is that He's he is really is establishing himself as you know the director, and oh, yeah. I think that worst case scenario, he's going to get tapped to, and he may already be, but he's going to get tapped to do some big you know pr- productions as far as some big name producers and, and companies to do some movies, and and this might be something where we see him take a break from the quote unquote Eggers esque type movies where he'll go and do a banger for someone and make a bunch of money on a movie that we might not enjoy. But then he comes back and does a James Wan where, you know, Hey, guess what bitches I'm coming at you with, you know, 
a different, you know, this, this, I'm going back to my roots kind of thing. That could happen, but based on what he's saying, that doesn't seem to be his, his trajectory. He, he, he's, he's got, he's like going away from that. Like he don't want to deal with this, this intrusion bullshit no more. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe, but maybe, but based on his words, likely not. I think he's going to go back to the end. I don't know. I, I, part of me almost thinks though, that might be a good thing. And, you know, having him still try to do, uh, relevant type movies to to keep the clout and in the budgeting and then just you know every once in a while put out a banger but yeah i don't know he should do what he's doing man just keep being eggers bro yeah. just keep, I, keep being yeah eggers. but i mean money is king man i mean that's it that's, is. Really it, that's why that, that's why sam raimi made dr strange <laughs> the money yeah. i mean straight up i mean he thankfully he got to infuse his style into it yeah but but yeah, I mean, it's... but with how much money that's going to make, though, I mean, you never know. I mean, I honestly, if I'm just speaking out loud, I wouldn't be surprised if five years down the road we see another, you know, Evil Dead three or something, you know, just because he's back on the map. I mean, where the hell has Raimi been the last fifteen years? He's you know, been making he's, he's been, been under, making movies. Yeah, but he's been under the radar, like producing and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, oh, he, I don't think he's going to do another Evil Dead. Uh, he he's handpicking other directors to give them that spotlight. Like he gave Lee Cronin the keys to his kingdom when he's like, make the new evil dead film. So we're already, we're beyond getting an evil dead three or, well, we had an evil dead three. We're beyond getting an evil dead four. We're getting an evil dead five now. Like it's the next one in the same universe that the first one, the second one, the third one, even though not the same time <laughs> as the yeah. third one, but it's the same evil dead universe. Rami's already got got that unlocked. As far as Eggers, man, I just I don't know. I hope he keeps getting to do what he wants to do and make movies the way he wants to make them. Because with this new one, but as of right now, almost halfway through the year, this is uh, this is going to be hard to beat. The Northman is crazy amazing. Mm-hmm. Trev, you you gave it a ten out of ten. I mean, how did yeah, you I, feel watching this? I mean, like I felt like I was watching a masterpiece. Just straight up, like I, I love how you said master because I was like, man, I, this, this is a masterpiece of a movie. Like I don't, I didn't have any issues with the movie to begin with, right? Like the, the plot was simple enough. Like don't get me wrong, it wasn't some complex thing, but I don't need complex to under, like, to appreciate mastery at work. Um, because I've talked to other people who, you know, they, they didn't see it as highly as I did, and they're like, well, it's kind of a simple premise, and I was like, look. Like I feel like we're just we're spoiled these days. Like we're so used to highly complex plot lines and intricated movie series and building up to this grand thing that it takes away from us being able to appreciate standalone film and movies or whatever you want to fucking call it. And um, like I can sit here and I can watch this movie for what it is by itself and be like, this is this is artistry. You know, this is. This is the work of someone who is a master at at work, and I see it as I'm watching this movie. And for the people who who like want to shit on it as a simple story, uh, for the demographic that we're probably reaching, this is the Lion King. You Mm want to expand it out further? This is Shakespeare's Hamlet, which is the Lion King. It's Mm -hmm. the same story. Oh yeah, but this is the origin story. Behind those stories, this is the actual myth. Yes. This is the original tale of the son avenging his father. Yep. Now, it, ta- it, it takes its own twists and turns, and I'm not going to go into all that. Again, I didn't want to go spoiler heavy. Mm-hmm. But the simplicity of it gets backed up by an amazing score, amazing cinematography, amazing atmosphere, amazing performances from every single mm-hmm. person in this movie. No one is coming in unbelievable. Like nobody yep. is unbelievable. No one is a fraud here. This, this, this man, and they don't. God damn it, they don't pull any punches. I, I won't. I won't talk about some of the scenes that really hit me like but, that. Uh, I'm sure I know a couple of them though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's one in particular. I was like, I can't believe, but I can because mm-hmm. this is how it was. This is what they believed too. Like this is, you know, this is this is Ager's paying homage to a fucking culture, to reality in a sense. You know, I, 
there's questions there and, and here and, and I, I I get it, but like this is these people. This is what they believe. This is uh-huh. how they viewed it, and he's bringing light to it in the most authentic way he can, while still paying homage to their beliefs and to these things. Like I don't have a problem with any of that imagery. I don't have a problem with what he did with any of it, because as he's want to do, as we've seen, as he loves period piece works, he loves doing the nitty gritty and staying true to the history of it while also giving it a little of a a twist to show their beliefs. Even if, if you might be far fetched or a pragmatic person or even a scientific person, you can be like, man, I fucking appreciate this a lot. What I like about what he did with the witch and with this film lighthouse less. So there's not a lot of like that movie's more symbology. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but what he did with the witch and with, with the Northman is he made their belief system, not only did he pay close attention to historical accuracy for the real world, but what he also does is whatever the people believe in my story is real. Mm-hmm. It's actually part of the real world. It's yep. part of their reality. So that's like, he gives you the, the, the realism and he combines it and fuses it in a perfect, perfect way every time so far. Yeah, uh, with with what their lore and their mythology was, and how that affected their life, and makes it part of the fucking story. Yep, he he's 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 a phenom, dude. I, I've often talked about like there's a trifecta or more. There's a few more, but there's a clear trifecta of new horror directors making great films, and it's 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 it's. Uh, Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, and Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. And right now, Eggers is king. He is the king, in my yeah. opinion. And, and like, even even if what Boss Tuna says is, is correct, where like he Eggers has to go off, and maybe he makes a movie that's not quite like the same budget or whatever. I'm gonna watch the fuck out of it, and I'm gonna trust in his abilities and what he's trying to portray, because yeah. so far it ain't steered me wrong, and I've seen some great fucking movies. No, yeah, definitely. Like, even if Eggers does go the mainstream Hollywood route, I would still watch it and still think that there'd be things in it I could appreciate. But I agree with what Boss Tuna said is that eventually, though, he he'd gain that clout and he would make his his movie. Like, yep. Okay, I made you like a billion dollars. Now it's time to give me yeah. Now pony up. Yeah, give me give me sixty seventy more million. Let me make my thing, and then he'll do his thing, and it's going to be groundbreaking. Or he's already established himself as. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to have. You know, if, if he doesn't go with the whole production compromising kind of deal, he's still going to have those production companies that are going to fork money over to him. But it just may not be on the scale that he would want for you know. In, well, in Epic, like the Northman, for example. It's a possibility. We'll have to see. I mean, with him. Uh, you know, Jordan Peele's got, like, the golden ticket. He, he's making whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Ari Aster is working with people who want to work with him because of his merit. And I think Eggers is forging his own path. Hopefully, like I said, he comes back around and he's like, all right, fuck all this bullshit. I'm going to make what I want to make. I don't know if he... I Well... He could crowdfund something, I think. I don't know if it'd come to that. I mean, I I think that he I, no. Additionally, additionally, with right. yeah, of course, he's got enough enough of uh, uh, good marks to to raise a budget. But saying like he could he could also get his fans involved if he wanted to, and there's enough of them out there now that he I think he could make the kind of movie he wants to make. He made The Witch for a million bucks. All yeah. right, yeah, so. He's clever enough to make a great fucking movie, a masterpiece. Because I'm saying, like, this is his masterpiece. He's just made masterpiece. I know Boss Tuna don't like The Lighthouse that much, but it, to me, he's made just masterpieces. Like, he's just three films in. Masterpiece, masterpiece, masterpiece. Do you think uh, Ari Aster is on that same realm? No. Nor Jordan Peele. I think Eggers is king, I said. I think Ori Aster made a great movie with his first one. Midsommar is, it's great. I don't think it's as good as his first movie. Have you rewatched it? Yeah, plenty of times. Okay, okay. 
it's just not it's not there yet i love i love a lot of shit in it dude like trust me again with the the folk magic the 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 ritual shit like there's a lot in that movie the characters i like the characters but the whole relationship angle i didn't feel is i never felt it was really but you're seeing the end of a relationship in that movie so i didn't get a lot of the, the good so to me i never got attached i was just like all right i didn't feel that part of it but if other people do, that's fine. Jordan Peele nailed it with Get Out, and I think Us might be better, but I, I need to rewatch that movie. So I'm looking forward to Nope a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be the Northman, dude. I, I just don't. I don't get that vibe. I, this, in fact, Nope might be a Nope. It might be. It might be like a you went too far. But I hope he When's fucks me soon. I don't know this year. I hope he fucks me. I hope I'm wrong as fuck because I want to be wrong. I want to be blown I, away. I think it's going to be a good movie. I don't know if it's it's going to be Northman good. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a masterpiece. Well, I like that though. I like that that we're kind of. I mean that that's really all you can ask for because you're. Let's be real here. It sounds like all of our expectations are a little bit subverted. So I mean it's. Kind of a good thing, I guess, compared to, yep, nope, this is going to come out. This is going to be a ten out of ten. I'm, I'm, I've got super high expectations. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely, you know, like it's, I'm <clears> definitely <throat> open minded about it. I guess you could say, you know, like I'm, at least when it comes to Jordan Peele, like Jordan Peele's earned my respect, obviously. You know, just, I mean, just like a lot of these uh, Ori Aster and Eggers, and like they've all earned my respect. So. I'm going to give them the time of day. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to watch their movie with an open mind though, and be like, all right, I'm not giving you bonus points simply because of who you are, but I do have a high expectation. Not lying about that. You know, it's got to be at least good that, and that's, I went into the Northman thinking this is not going to be as good as the witch. It's not going to be as good as the lighthouse. It's just not gonna. Yeah. And, and Holy fucking shit. Like, he combined everything he was doing before the cosmic elements, the, the, the folk horror elements, and then just added another level with his, the epic scope of this movie. Epic. It's an epic. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a historical epic slash horror movie. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like there's so many scenes. I can't, I, I can't go into it too much because I want to, I want to save shelve that. But it, it, it to me, if people doubt that this could fall into the, is it a straight up horror movie? No. Is it horror enough that you could put it right in there? I'm going to argue to my grave. Yeah. That this, this, there were so many times during this film when I was watching it, where I was like, Oh my God, you're going back there. You're not going back there. Like it's repetitive, but like you're bringing it to this level again, where you're, you're doing horror shit, man. And it, 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 I don't know. It's 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 awesome that he's keeping that. He's keeping it. He's keeping what re- what he really like. Kind of. I guess. May, I hope he loves it. I hope he loves horror. I don't know a lot about uh, Eggers like that, but it seems like he does. It seems like he loves myths, fairy tales, dark shit. And if he keeps making these types of films, I'm gonna be there every fucking time. Every fucking time. If he, if, if if there's ever a Robert Eggers romantic comedy. I think we have uh, gone off the rails. I don't think that's the kind of movie he's he's gonna make. Yeah, you know. Oh, we're all yawning here at the Dunes Cantina. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we need some no. shots, 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 shots. Everybody. I think they're I think they're almost tapped out. Um, and I might even be tapping out. I'm probably gonna have to go ahead and mosey on over to uh my my little hotel room outside here at the Dunes Cantina. I just cracked a beer, so we got to go for a couple minutes longer. All right, so I'm going to end it like this, guys. Let's rank them. Let's rank the three we were talking about. I'm going to go Eggers, Aster, Peel. That's my. That's how I want number one to number three out of the, the, the these awesome, amazing, I, would, I wouldn't trade them making a film for anything in the world, directors that are, that are coming out hot in horror right now, hot in horror and horror adjacent shit. So – Peel has Get Out and Us and and Nope, right? Those are his three, but right. we haven't seen Nope yet. We haven't seen so far Eggers is ahead of the game. He came out first okay. in 2015. Three. 
and so he's got like a little bit of leg up and now his third yeah. film's already out the other two uh don't have Just their have films out yet but astor does have a film coming out starring joaquin phoenix oh yeah i, saw, I think i saw i think i saw a clip for that yeah i just saw an article too I have, i've got it saved i haven't read it yet oh so okay so yeah astor and peel have two Beggars have three. Yeah, it's almost unfair because we don't know. I mean, maybe their third one's gonna be bangers too. Mm, maybe. But maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just going off even the, if, off of what's even if I'm going off the first two, I'll just say Eggers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go off of uh you know the first two for Peel and Aster and three for Eggers, and I'm gonna go ahead and say Aster one, Eggers two. Peel three, and I and I'm going to go as far as saying Peel is kind of like a distant third because I think that, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I might put Flanagan ahead of him. I might, I I wouldn't put Garland in front of him, but oh well, I, I might yeah. put Ty West. I, in front I, of him I, I only well, Ty West has had a longer career than those guys. I only mention them because they're all new at the same ish time. They're, they're considered the same time frame. Yeah, yes. I get it. But no, I stand by my ranking. I'm going to go Aster, Eggers, Peel. So I think we're all going to be different because I'm going Eggers, Peel, Aster. Yes. I mean, I've said everything I have to say about Eggers. Uh, man, I, I, I mean, it, I like Aster and, and Peel very, very much. Uh, I think Peel's style is just a little bit more appealing to me. And that's all it is. It's more <laughs> preference than ability or what they've made. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. He's got <laughs> I, more. B movie horror style feel to his plots. Yeah, and I like who's that. that. Who, who's got the B movie Peel. style? Peel. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I got a question for you guys. Have you both seen? There's something about the Johnsons. Nope, I haven't. I don't think so. Both of you guys need to, and everyone listening, put that on your priority. It's like a 15 minute short. All right. It's the first. It's the first Aster directorial anything oh i know i think i think i've heard about it i think i've heard about it i i didn't remember the name but yes i've seen it and it's fucked up well (laughs) it's fucked up probably tomorrow so yep it's only like 15 minutes long but dude that don't trevor don't look it up okay don't say anything about it just no 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 it's on it's free on youtube okay free on youtube it's like 15 minutes just watch it Will do. Just go in blind and watch it. Okay. Going in blind and leaving the Dunes Cantina with blurry vision. Trev, check out Trevor on Fixie's Playground. Um, find him on Facebook and on Instagram and anywhere you find podcasts. Joe Blow Horror Show. Me and Boss Tuna fuck shit up left, right, all, 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 all over the fucking place. And we're on Slasher, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Discord. Um, and the Discord, yes. Join the Joe Blow Horror Show Discord. This is how this even happens. The Dunes Cantina takes place there. So there you go. You want to be part of the show? Join in, and when we shoot out a link, sign on. That's as simple as that. And you're listening on the nightclub feed, so you know about the nightclub. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Slasher, Facebook, Twitter, kind of. I don't care. And uh, yeah, we're on that Discord server, baby. So yeah, y'all talk to good conversation, boys. Yeah, bird. <laughs> <laughs>